the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Bisberg. I'm your host, Gary Dixon. Thank you for joining us. This program is sponsored by Abernethy and Hagerman, LLC. And our guests are Jay Hagerman and Dan Reimer, who are both with Abernethy and Hagerman. Guys, welcome back to Bisberg. Uh, good to be here. I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us today. And we have a lot to discuss. And these are trying times we are in right now, gentlemen. I don't have to tell you. We're all dealing with it in our own ways. We want to talk to you guys about the way we ought to be thinking about some important issues during especially, you know, any time, really. We talked about this many times in the past, but now especially during this time. How does that, this COVID-19 pandemic, you know, how does that affect us in regards to legal and estate planning? Jay, aren't we all thinking uh, very seriously now about things that we normally kind of uh, brush off and think we'll worry about that later? Yeah, Gary, I mean, the most important thing to that I want the, all the listeners to, to really know is that, um, you know, at our law firm uh, in throughout Western Pennsylvania, we always try to have a very high sense of faith uh, faith that even though we're going through these trying times, you know, the Lord is still on the throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't changed. It's not going to change. He has a plan, and it's perfect. And, um, you know, we're just here to, to basically carry out, uh, you know, His will on, on the earth. So we, we really find a sense of purpose in, in what we do as lawyers, helping out our, our clients and the community, frankly, get through these, these trying times from a legal perspective. So with that, that knowledge and with that, that, frankly, that victory already declared, um, we basically are just trying to provide now a sense of um, certainty with our clients in the sense that, you know, when we talk about these things such as, I mean, what estate planning and the elder law attorneys talk about, which are death and incapacity, it's a not terribly fun conversation. Mm-hmm. And also you throw taxation in there and it gets really exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, I mean, what we're here to do is, you know, what our job is, is, is to provide certainty uh, from a legal perspective, during uncertain times. Um, and certainly we're not medical doctors or anything else like that. We're doctors of the law, and we just kind of want to basically tell the listeners, you know, we're, we're going to really talk about going back to the basics here. And, you know, uh, we also are not trying to sensationalize this in any way. Uh, what, what we're doing is we're just advocating once again that every single person should have an estate plan um, because the state has default rules that are not intuitive and probably not what your family wants. And, of course, the last thing that we want is a legislator in Harrisburg or a judge determining what happens to uh, you know, your personal belongings, the stuff that you've worked for your entire life, uh, what happens if you would get sick and pass away, or also even just the mechanics of, of getting, getting sick, and we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, or having a loved one in a long-term care facility, uh, and you're trying to pay their, their bills, and you just go visit mom or dad once a month, they sign 10 checks, and you pay the bills. Well, now you can't go visit mom or dad. Mm-hmm. So we, we have different options there, and I think that, that Dan's going to talk about, let's get, let's get us back to the basics. So what are, you know, let's, let's slow things down. 
let's get back to the basics and, and really address, uh, basically bring to the forefront stuff that we need to talk about anyway as, as adults um, and the very serious nature of, of these legal documents and legal plans that can come together. What we're about to talk about are things that the three of us have talked about before any pandemic hit. They were good ideas or they are necessary things to take care of then. It's just that now, because of the the pandemic, these topics are more poignant than ever. They're not pleasant topics, but this pandemic has us thinking, I think, about things like that, and there are some questions. Uh, And you deal with this all throughout the year. And I like the point that you made, and it is true, I know, because I know you, this is not you trying to capitalize in any way on this crisis. Uh, This is not you being sensational at all. So where do we begin? Well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to have Dan uh, Dan Reimer answer that he's in charge of our state planning division here, and um, you know Dan can go ahead and describe the uh, the basic documents and how they they function and and basically um, what purpose they serve in the estate plan. So Dan, why don't you kind of er- answer sure. Gary's question? So I like to define estate planning in a very simple, understandable way. To me, estate planning is simply who's in control of your stuff, or your assets, who's who benefits from them and when do they benefit? Really, that's all estate planning is. Who's in control of the stuff? Who benefits and when? When life is good, right, we have control. But what if something happens? When the stroke happens, when dementia hits? Well, now someone has to manage our financial affairs. And if we don't have a document called a financial or durable power of attorney, we're in a pickle because now we've got to march the family down in front of a judge and the judge has to appoint somebody called a guardian to manage that person's affairs. Right. That's not an ideal situation for many and obvious reasons. So one of the most important and fundamental documents that everyone should have is that durable financial power of attorney. And it's simply a document that says, if I become incapacitated, if I lose my ability to manage my affairs, I designate my wife, Carol, or my brother, Mike, or whoever you trust in your life, right, to be that agent. It's that person's job to be able to manage your affairs. And that's become keenly um, significant in these days because, as as Jay pointed out, there's a lot of folks that are quarantined in facilities around Mm -hmm. the country. Yes. How are their affairs being managed, right? They may not be being managed at all because the family didn't take the time to have that power of attorney prepared so that the kid could go and do mom's banking and pay the bills and, and pay the facility that she's living in. So... That is a very, very important element of any good estate plan is the financial power of attorney. Now, shifting to the healthcare part of it, um, again, in these times, it's more important than ever that we have a good rule book in place for what happens if we get sick and we're in a facility and we're in intensive care and we cannot make any decisions for ourselves. And that's why having a second document called a, a healthcare power of attorney comes in. And there's two parts to that. The first part is designating who you want to be your voice for you with regard to your medical decisions. Mm-hmm. And the second is the living will, right, the advanced health care directive. And that basically says if I'm suffering from an end-stage terminal illness or I'm in a coma, a permanent vegetative state, you know, what do I want to be given to me or what do I not want to be given to me? These are my choices that I can make when I can no longer express them with words Here's my chance to express them on a document, on a paper called the living will. We've been talking about the, the importance of documents while you're still alive. Well, what about when you pass away? Well, if you pass away without having a will, 
then the government's rule book kicks, kicks in. You know, and under Pennsylvania law, there's a certain uh, depth chart of people that will get assets. It depends on whether you're married, whether you have kids, whether you still have parents, whether you have siblings. I would venture to say 99% of the people would not want the estate plan to be dictated by what the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania would want it to be. So it's important that you have your own will, right? It has to express your dispositive intent. It has to be um, witnessed by two you know, individuals and notarized. That's the ideal scenario. And of course, it's difficult these days to do that. We have found ways to, um, to continue to execute documents safely, um, sometimes remotely. Mm-hmm. But the importance is that you have to have those three documents. The will has to name an executor. The executor's job is to marshal all the assets, pay off all the debts, and essentially work with the attorney, the estate attorney, to to follow the rule book that the you know the deceased person has created for them and their family. Well, are you uh, talking about probate there? Uh, if you don't have the will, is that probate? Well, probate. A will is your ticket to probate, right? The, the whole purpose of a will is to express your wishes, and then the purpose of probate is to make sure that those wishes, as expressed in the will, are carried out mm-hmm. uh, by, the, you know, by, the, by the court system. Now, you don't always have to go in front of a judge. Most of the stuff is done you know, at uh, counters and, and such, but there are a number of things that need to be filed with the court. Taxes have to be paid. But if you don't have a will, that probate process is much more long and involved and expensive, correct? It could be. It could be. The okay. first thing that has to happen is that somebody has to be um, appointed as the administrator, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that person's job is to notify the next of kin, reach out to creditors. I don't know, Jay, if, I don't know if you disagree. It may not take longer, but it's going to be more complicated. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely more problematic in mean, two, two different ways. And I'll give you an example. So let's say that, you know, uh, mom or dad passes away and they're the last of the surviving spouses, but you have uh, three other siblings, or in Dan's case, four other siblings, right? If you don't have a will, each one of those siblings is, has priority under Pennsylvania law to serve as that administrator. Um, so that means that there's five cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we all we all want to know what the uh, yeah. wives tell us about that. Too many cooks in the kitchen is, is creates a problem, right? Uh, so the other thing is when you don't have that order of priority, or as Dan calls the depth chart, and you just kind of scatter that across the, the different um, siblings, uh, there's a lot of administrative stuff that could possibly take longer. The other issue is this. Well, let's say that mom or dad lives in, you know, Pennsylvania. They're, they're diehard Steelers fan like the rest of us. And, but, you know, both of the kids, for instance, I just opened up an estate. Mm-hmm. One kid lived in Utah. The other one lived in California. Well, the problem is, is that Pennsylvania doesn't have jurisdiction over California residents and Utah residents. So, therefore, what happens is if, the, if either one of them wanted to serve as the administrator, they'd have to post a fiduciary bond. Well, that's just throwing money away to an insurance company, just like a bail bond. All mm-hmm. it is is getting, getting a, an insurance policy to say that you are or you're not going to do something. So, in the case of a bail bond, that's saying that you're not going to miss your court hearing or skip town. In the fiduciary sense, it says, I'm not going to take all of the money and run to Jamaica. Um, so bonds tend to be hard to get uh, as far as the process goes. Um, it, it's at least going to add two to three weeks additionally. Um, different and with the amount of bonds, yeah. it could cost uh, you know additional money. Or as I said, you're just kind of throwing away uh, to an insurance company to do something that you're going to do anyway, which is administer the estate. So the good news in in a will, you can wa- I mean you can waive bond, and that is pretty commonplace. I've only ever seen a couple wills that don't waive bond, and those are quite old. So generally, Gary, that's correct. If you don't have uh, if you don't have a will, 
you're running into all those complications such as jurisdictional issues, bond issues, um, you know, multiplicity of who's in charge yeah. of the estate, uh, such as the administrative process we outlined. Um, you well, know, also, God forbid that someone would pass away as the last of the surviving spouses with minor children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problematic issue there would be in a will, you can, you can name uh, guardians of minors. Um, if you don't have a will, then you're once again stuck with a statutory default. And hypothetically, grandma, dad, you know, dad's side of the family with grandma and grandpa could be arguing with mom's side of the family with grandma and grandpa. And once again, going in front of a judge to, to spend money and fight that out. Whereas a simple two sentence clause in a written document yeah. could alleviate all of that litigation. For our listeners uh, right now, I would say this. Jay Hagerman just mentioned at least half a dozen things that I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Wouldn't you rather have him discuss those with you now and where you get to make that decision and work you through that as opposed to having to figure that out or your your relatives having to figure that out after you're gone that alone is a good reason to make sure and it sounds like it's vastly more simple to have that will taken care of uh, ahead of time and that's the what the durable financial power of attorney and then uh Dan was talking about the healthcare power of attorney now you guys do that as well so how does that work i mean if i am in your office and uh i want to have a uh, healthcare uh, power of attorney taken care of are you and and also the living will do you have the series of questions about you know what if this happens then what what are your wishes yeah. Yeah, that's part of our document. You know, there's several questions that uh, the client has to answer to to dig a little deeper and to peel back the onion a little bit on that that end of life decision making. And what I often find people confused about, and it's understandably concerning, is that they think if they get into a car accident on the way from the law office, that you know they're not going to get treated, they're not going to get CPR, they're not going to have antibiotics if they get the flu. Mm. I have to remind them a couple of times that the living will only applies when you're in an end-stage terminal illness or you're in a coma and the doctors are saying there's just nothing more we can do for you. I see. It's at, it's at that point, then, that that document that does answer several questions, it, it speaks for you and you can no longer speak for yourself. Okay. If you just joined us, you're listening to Bisberg, and we have Jay Hagerman and Dan Reimer on with us from Abernathy and Hagerman, LLC. Let me get some contact information, and I'll repeat this another time or two before we end the program. The website is... Uh, www.a-h.law. That's a-h.law. The phone number is 412-486-6624. Online, uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, DIY people are to be admired, but when it comes to law, the DIY approach, do-it-yourself approach, is not uh, necessarily a wise thing, I'm assuming. So let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, we've been discussing durable financial powers of attorney and health care powers of attorney and so forth. There are people out there who probably think, well, I can just go online somewhere and print that stuff out and sign it. Can you address that for us? Sure. Well, and that's true. Um, when I give uh, community workshops, I tell people, look, any one of you can get on the Internet, and you could probably find tens of thousands of websites that are devoted to helping you create your estate plan. The problem with them is that they're, they're geared to work in all 50 states. Uh, they're not state-specific, and every state has very specific laws with regard to those, those documents. Pennsylvania just a few years ago 
made some rather sweeping changes to the powers of attorney that uh, we call them hot powers, and it pertains gifting power, the power to give the money away and hence protect it, the ability to make or change beneficiary designations on those accounts that have beneficiary designations, um, the ability to fund or create a certain kind of trust, maybe an asset protection trust. So if you go online and you, you, know, you pull down a legal Zoom document, it might look decent, um, but, you know, the details, uh, as they say, the devil's in the details. And so if you don't have a document that's been created by a, a Pennsylvania lawyer that understands the nuances, you might be getting yourself into a situation where a document that you think might work will not work. And so we have to be the bearer of bad news with families like that when they're in crisis mode. So you've cut, you've probably run into that situation before, haven't you, when somebody thought have, they were okay? Uh, and I've, they- been asked, I've been asked a couple of times to review. I know Susie Orman. I like Susie Orman. Um, and she's created some sort of a 50-state estate plan package. And mm-hmm. I've, I was asked to look at a, a client's Susie Orman documents. And, and again, it was... It was just replete with references to California law and very vague general notions of power. And it, I had to tell the client, I just, I just don't like it. And here's, you know, my mm-hmm. 10 reasons why, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the initiative people take by doing it themselves. And I imagine there's a lot of folks right now in, around kitchen tables with their, their laptop probably looking to do things themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to realize you've got to get somebody that knows what they're doing. And you got to get somebody that understands Pennsylvania law because we're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why we're still meeting with clients, though, safely and remotely, is that we want to make sure that they're not cutting corners in this type of, a, of an arena. Because if you cut short on your estate plan, you might leave uh, generations of, of disaster behind you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it goes back to the old adage, Gary, you know, there's a couple people that you don't want to get discounts on. And one of your guys, one, one of those would be the parachute manufacturer, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and maybe, maybe a brain surgeon you wouldn't want to cut corners on either, yeah. right? So I'm <laughs> not, not suggesting that we're brain surgeons or, or parachute manufacturers, but you kind of get it. And as, as to what Dan said further, sometimes it's not even what's in the document. It's what's not in the document, and a tra- an untrained professional, by no fault of their own, is not going to be able to identify what's not in the document. Absolutely. Um, so that's just everyone has their their, uh, their place in this this earth, and you know we our place is to help families through uh, these types of situations. Yeah, and I mean we're getting you know we're getting calls from people. Hey, you know, my 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 mother's in a facility. Um, I need to be able to get to her bank. Uh, well, do you have a power of attorney? Well, no, right. And and so that's the importance. We're finding so many people that, that right now, because of this virus, are unable to go out to their bank and go out in public and do what they need to do. Having these essential documents is more critical now than than ever before. Um, and again, you you know you hope that people have uh, done their planning ahead of time. I meet a lot of folks that, that have, they have an estate plan and they haven't dusted it off in 30 years. Mm-hmm. It might work, but these t- sorts of things need yeah, to be a lot of, uh, A lot of things can change in 30 years, not only your <laughs> own estate, but also the laws. Uh, yeah, you- let, let me just give you a, a quick story, too, Gary, just to kind of really put a, a, a profile to this type of conversation. Yeah. When I was a baby lawyer and I had first started out, um, I had represented a client who uh, it was just he and his grandmother really facing the world, and she was in a facility. And uh, he printed off a power of attorney from an online source and got it signed and went down to the local notary and got it notarized. And <clears throat> all he was trying to do was really help 
grandma qualify for Medicaid and to save as much money for the family uh, and himself as well. Uh, well, what happened was the um, at that county at the time, the district attorney was up for re-election. Uh, this was not here in Pittsburgh. It was outside of the, in the, in the northern counties. But the district attorney was up for re-election at the time, and um, the power of attorney from uh, the online source didn't have proper gifting power. So when he moved $200,000 into a, a bank account with his name on it, um, it was an illegal gift, which we also call that as theft. Mm-hmm. So the district attorney prosecuted him for uh, four felony charges of theft using that power of attorney. Uh, and basically the headline was that the local DA was, you know, uh, creating s- seniors' rights. Where, well, wow. while that part of it's true, I mean, this, this, this family was very close, and it was absolutely, there was no nefarious intent whatsoever, but nonetheless... Um, they the did something illegal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, Without it's knowing it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we had the not only did we have to fix the estate plan aspect of it, but then the other side of my law firm at the time, uh, which we don't do now, the criminal side had to defend the felony accounts mm-hmm. and keep this guy out of jail. So that kind of once again, and, and that was that was what wasn't what in, it was in the document. It was the language that was left out of the document. I uh, know obviously that's a kind of an extreme example, but it's true nonetheless. You mentioned, of course, that obviously it's a good time uh, to meet with people or talk to people about these sorts of things because it's on everyone's mind. You mentioned you're getting calls and so forth. Can we touch for a moment about the meeting process? Is this sure. just at this point uh, a phone call, uh, conference calls? How, what are you doing for people now? So it depends, right, uh, to those clients that have a, a laptop or a desktop with uh, with video capability, I'll do a I'll do a web and a, a uh, we call it a web web conference for them. Mm-hmm. Right? We can see each other and we can have a conversation. For those that aren't technolo- technologically equipped, we simply do a telephone conference. Um, mm-hmm. I had one last week. It was a man and a woman and and their two kids, and they were all together. So we got them on speakerphone and we had the conversation. So yeah, it's mostly mostly just remote, either by video or by audio uh, meetings. The only meeting that really requires uh, either face-to-face or some version of that is really when the documents are signed. Uh, though recently, uh, the, Pennsylvania has been granted uh, the ability to do remote notarization. There's still an issue as to whether witnesses can be remote. But, mm-hmm. but the, the point is that even though a lot of folks are, are locked down and businesses are shuttered, uh, we as elder law attorneys are still helping folks with their pre-planning and their crisis planning, and so so it can be done. Service it, the community. Yeah, right? everything yeah. can still be done, uh, even despite the pandemic we're we're in. So that's uh, comforting to know as well. So uh, make the call uh, if you're uh, needing some of the services, uh, whether it be the uh, financial powers of attorney, the health care power of attorney, or the living wills and so forth. The website is a-h.law. That's a-h.law, the A and H stand for Abernethy and Hagerman, and the phone number is 412-486-6624, 412-486-6624. So we're talking with Jay Hagerman and Dan Reimer from Abernethy and Hagerman, and in the time remaining, which is a couple of minutes, gentlemen, uh, last time I think we spoke and did this program together, we talked about advanced, some advanced planning things like asset protection how does that pertain to what we're in right now with this pandemic situation, Dan? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's a timely one. 
people are all looking at their brokerage accounts and they see that their the value of their assets have gone down 20, 30, in some mm. cases 40%. I see that as a great opportunity to protect the growth of that asset because let's say that we, we transfer $100,000 of stock into an irrevocable asset protection trust and over the next 10 years that value grows back up to $300,000. Uh, but then mom knocks on Medicaid's door someday and needs long-term care. We only have to report that we transfer the $100,000 in and all of the growth that mm. we've had as a result of the recovery, mm. you know, the impending recovery of the market, we've protected all of it. So I, I see this actually as a, and it's a similar concept, though different to like a Roth conversion. Yeah. A lot of financial advisors right now are probably telling their clients, do the Roth conversion because you just have a significant loss in your your portfolio value, let's let's move it into a Roth now, right? Yeah. So it's the same concept here. And let's move that asset that has depreciated its value significantly mm-hmm. because of this, this global pandemic, and let's protect it into an irrevocable asset protection now so that if the nursing home comes calling, whatever mm-hmm. that asset is won't be available to the nursing home. Okay, those uh, trusts are something to talk about uh, with these gentlemen as well. And we will, of course, recover from all of this eventually. Amen. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for your time. We've been speaking with Jay Hagerman and Dan Reimer with Abernethy and Hagerman. Here's the website. It's www.a-h.law. And the phone number is 412-486-6624. And this program is sponsored by Abernethy and Hagerman, LLC. Guys, thanks a lot for the information. Thanks, Gary. We'll see you next time.